When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with Doug Sprinthal, Alex Bernard Rasmussen, co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Brandt Bernard, and Mike Bryant. We're loaded for bear, ladies and gentlemen. That's all I know for the second hour. We'll be right back to kick off second hour. Who wants to go first? <laughs> Doug's the live one. Oh, okay. All right. Your we talked about this hour. at uh, the beginning of the first hour. It's uh, um, Walzer Care, uh, the worry-free lease program. It is optional. It does add a little bit to your monthly payment, but it's pretty reasonable. And what it covers is all the maintenance and repairs that uh, are associated with car ownership that aren't covered under the factory warranty. So tire rotations, uh, battery, windshield wipers. Uh, we even have roadside assistance, so flat tire, run out of gas, lock your keys in your car, you're covered. And if you have a repair and you're out of town, it'll even cover uh, a hotel. Uh, oil changes, all that sort of stuff is covered as long as you are leasing the vehicle. For more information, you can always go to walzer.com uh, and find out about Walzer's new worry-free leasing. Walzer.com. <laughs> he stole my line. Did you hear that? Uh, I like his I'm timing. out of uh, I'm out of the mix. <laughs> so, at Bradshaw and Bryant, um, it, it looks like maybe the courts are opening back up again. Um, the order, the quarter is going to come off soon as far as uh, hearings go. Um, they're starting to get to some of the backlog. And as they get some of the backlog, then we'll start seeing things happening. And hopefully we'll get into trials. And this year we'll see many more trials for the end of the year. Um, so, that's what we're doing. Bradshaw and Bryant. <laughs> hey folks, Brian Zepp here. Spring is gearing up, and if you're like me, you've already got the itch to hit the road. Make sure you and your motorcycle are ready with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, Metric Cruiser, or Sport Bike, you'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com. They've got 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets too. Order before 8 p.m. and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. Get in gear and head to DennisKirk.com. Take it from Zep. They ship today. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Michael Bryant has joined us for the second hour, and uh, basically we, we can just get one comparison. Who do you think lost more money, uh, the college for letting you in or the college for letting you play hockey, Mike? What do you think? <laughs> um, well, I didn't play that much college hockey, um, so I would say definitely the probably for letting me try to play hockey there. 
Um, I guess. I don't know. That would probably, who knows? Who knows? Who knows what good benefit or non benefit they've gotten by me going there? <laughs> what are you going to do? <clears throat> There's a story out this morning, and I noticed he's been, been going after him lately, and I just. Uh, I did announce that before the first hour that this is going to go back to, to a three-hour show, and Andy and I are just going to do a show together in which we interview someone for the entirety of the of that third hour. And I'm getting recommendations from you know Tommy Mischke to Bert Kreischer to Don Shelby to, I mean, who else? There are some other people. Uh, Andy, what did you say? Andy's, Andy's just got Andy's a phone call. Dealing with a phone call. All right, well, that's uh, good. Adam Carolla, Mishki, Shelby, yeah. assuming he's recovered, and Burt Kreischer. Good recommendations so far. Also, it's been suggested uh, the first one I do is Mike Lindell, so that'd be interesting. And then the second one, but i got to read this story before I tell you the second one that a lot of people want me to do, which I think would be rather interesting. I mean, I'd love to do Biden, but there's no way he'd, he'd do it, right? I mean, I'll ask him, but I highly doubt he's going to do it, right? They keep a pretty close tab on him. I would guess he'd be busy, but who knows? I don't know about busy, but, you know. Uh, (laughs) William Barr has lots of unflattering things to say about Donald Trump and his new memoir, but that doesn't mean the former attorney general wouldn't vote for Trump should he run again. In an appearance on the Today Show on Monday, Barr first, uh, first made clear that he doesn't want Trump to be the GOP's 2024 nominee, reports Hill. But what happens if he gets the nod anyway? Because I believe that the greatest threat to the country is the progressive agenda being pushed by the Democratic Party. It's inconceivable to me that I wouldn't vote for the Republican nominee. So he wouldn't vote for Trump. He would just vote for the Republican nominee. And if that turns out to be Trump, then I guess it is what it is. Well, that whole interview had a number of interesting things in it. You know, he talked about how he wouldn't prosecute. He wouldn't have prosecuted Trump. Um, that, you know, he just totally disagrees with the whole idea that the election was stolen. Um, he didn't see any proof of that, but he wouldn't have gone on and done anything like prosecute on it. Um, so that was kind of a mixed bag. Although I, I still go back to something we talked about last week. I'm just not quite sure how these lawyers are given these opinions of things that they had discussions about with, I think it was their client. I mean, he was yeah. the president's yeah. lawyer during the time. So right. I don't know. I, 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 I don't understand how they're doing that. So No, I agree with you completely. I, I don't understand how the former uh, attorney general gets out there and starts chirp, chirping about a guy he worked for as the president being the client. I would assume you'd look at it that way, would at you not? At some point. I think he definitely yeah. gives them legal advice at points. Um, and he's considered the president's lawyer. I mean, he's he's got multiple hats he's doing there, but I think there's enough there that I'd question why he's chirping about what's being said. I have a related question. Do anybody know how much money he got for his book? Because that's what, why these interviews are coming out, right? I, yeah. That I don't know. Because it seems easy to be to find. a curious way for politicians to make just ungodly amounts of, no, of money. And and other than Michelle Obama's biography, I don't know anybody that's read any of these books. I've read a bunch of them. Have you? Yeah, okay. I have. I read the Clinton book. That was hard to read. That, was, that, that book, Clinton's book... Could have easily had a third of it cut out of it. Um, Hillary's book, yeah, it was okay. Um, uh, I'm just trying to think the latest ones that I've read that are there. I read a lot of the Johnson books. Um, I read. Um, so you're the guy. Yeah. So I end up reading a lot of their books. You're you the know. one. Yeah. Well, I, I buy probably every couple of weeks. I buy a, buy a book from one of the people that wow. comes on here and read it. How you about know. you, Wendy? Which uh, books have you read? 
you? Um, I, mean, I got a, I have a Kindle full of them. Um, one of one of my favorite books, and you're putting me on the spot. I can't remember who it was written by, but um, it was about the two girls that uh, the two girls that were taken by their crazy mother and hidden away up here. She it, is that the Minnesota one? It was, yes. No. Yes. It was fantastic and frightening. I think it was called like and the girls are gone or now the girls are gone or something. It was really scary too because he's obviously not well in the head. And then so many people just by these horrible lies to hide her children and because she just wanted to, you know, screw her husband over and you know, it's one of those things that's horrible to read. You never want to hear that. I mean, the people that end up getting hurt the most in that situation are the kids. Yeah, that is true. <clears throat> that is absolutely true. What else is going on, Wendy? Um, I was listening to you guys talk about, like, uh, college and degrees. And, yeah, I totally agree because, totally you know, I had to get my bachelor's degree in order to be promoted in my company. And, uh, you know, I look at, like, the job posting, the vast majority of jobs, it's like, oh, you want a job, an entry-level job, they want a college degree. And I cannot, for the life of me, figure out why. I know, it doesn't make any, like, being a realtor, you have to have a degree, but it doesn't matter what it's in. Just any degree at all. What? Which is, it just makes no sense. What's I think it's because the people running these places... They got their degree. They wasted their time. So now they're going to be like, oh, well, I'm not going to hire someone unless they have to go through the same gauntlet that I went through. Well, yeah, and, and that's that's another thing that's wrong. Like, uh, some people disagree with me on this, but my experience was that all the, the core classes that they demand you have, that should not be a thing. A lot of them, like, yeah. Oh, we want all yeah, we want well-rounded students. It's like, yeah, well, I'm sure the history of popular music in America is really going to do mm-hmm. something for me Round at my job. Right out, yep. You know, or like the, any, like the religious philosophy class I had to take. You know, I'm, I'm sure that that's going to get me promoted. It's, it's like, okay, if you have a business degree like I do, there should, some of the classes that they, the core classes they have, it just seems like a lot of them were if you want to be an accountant. And it's like, mm, mm-hmm. you need more. The the class schedules and the class offerings, they're not moving with the time. They had one supply chain class. One. They need a lot more than that. That supply chain class could have been broken down into three different classes. Because what what the one class was trying to cover, it's a lot more than it used to be and there should there should be like a um like a a handling like digital platforms and not just like microsoft like word and all that stuff one of the most important things in business right now is that you need to handle like a lot of the uh, like sap or power bi or you know a lot of these things that are really important right now in the in the business climate they teach none of those in school. It, absolutely none of them. And some of the people that are, I had a marketing class that I took, and the woman, she was, what do they call them, an adjunct professor? She wasn't really a professor. But 
she was terrible. And she said that um, the she kept telling us that, oh, I've had all this experience that here and here and here as a contractor. And I kind of, you know, I was talking to uh, my manager about it because, you know, he always wanted to know how everything was going. And I said to be, I told him about the class. I said, to be completely honest, I think all that, you know, all that meant from her was she tried a lot of places to get a full-time job and nobody would hire her on because she didn't know anything. And he, he smiled, nodded his head. He goes, that is what that code means. Yes. Oh, that's but nice. That's, that's what the code means. And, and she didn't, she didn't know a lot of stuff that was, you know, very, I have friends with marketing. They're like, what is she teaching? That's not right. And, you know, and they, they say that they reach out to the community that one thing that's really important but needs to be taught correctly is group projects and how to, you know, how to handle a group project. Well, they're not allowing flexibility for things that come up in them. If, if something happens, they just take off points for it. It's like, no, no, in the business world, you have, if you're on a group project and something, say, something happens to a person where they get transferred to another department and they're not on your team, you have to think fast on your feet and you can't just deduct part of the grade from the project because somebody left. You have to teach critical thinking to the remaining people to figure out how to deal with what, you know, answers to questions that have come up and solutions to options. You know, it, instead of a lot of classes that mean absolutely nothing. I mean, they, no, if they're going to, in, in the offerings of, in the majors offerings, they just need to offer more classes that are more current to the environment in any degree. Just you know, so that when you graduate, it's not completely useless. Well, that's where you get into that cycle of learning so that you can teach so that they can learn so that they can teach, is that uh, if you have a cycle like that, then the teachers are always going to be a generation behind because they learned, you know, 10, 20 years ago, and now they're teaching what they learned. Mm -hmm. So they're teaching things mm -hmm. that might not be relevant anymore, which you do see all the time. I mean, in the business world and academia, a lot of things are just su super outdated because people, they learned these things a long time ago. They don't want these things to change because that's what they know. Oh, yeah. yeah. One of the teachers, one of the professors that we had was teaching what he had learned in the 70s and 80s. Yep. But yes, changed a little, mm -hmm. a lot. Oh, yeah, there's, and there's uh, also the conundrum. There's a conundrum that you run into about it's, and my daughter ran into this. You can't get a job if you don't have X years of experience, but you can't get that experience if you don't have a job. Yep. <laughs> fortunately, she did find somebody that we knew that we were able to, you know, he said, well, let me interview her or whatever. And, you know, that's the way to do it. It's, it's unfortunate, but in a lot of times, you actually have to know somebody. There was a great meme that I saw on the Internet last week. It's uh, two people interviewing this guy for a job, and the woman says, you know, your salary requirements are awfully high for somebody without any experience. And he goes, well, you're going to have to pay me well because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, see. <laughs> There does. There needs to be. There needs to be a change in, a change in approach. As you know, when you're hiring somebody, take them on as if, you know, if they need that experience, 
you know, you need to take them on as someone who you feel you are mentoring and you are teaching. You have to invest in employees. You know what I mean? With like kids out of fresh out of college like that, the big companies are willing to invest in college graduates, new employees. Um, then they're going to find out that those people, they're going to train them well, and they're going to stay at the companies longer and move up. Yeah, that makes sense. Wendy, thank you. Try to behave, sister. Try. Hey, it's all good. Always behave. <laughs> You're covered. All right. Thanks a lot. Yeah, bye-bye. Talk to you later. Wendy calling in, ladies and gentlemen. Very, very bright woman. That Well, God, I hope she disconnected before I called her a very bright woman. Oh, yeah. You I think she may have. You liked her. I'll never hear the end of it. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm talking about. So, what are the big orders of the day, ladies and gentlemen? Russia sets new ceasefire for evacuations amid heavy shelling. What do you guys think, in particular, you know, Mike and Doug, what do you think? It, when is this going to come to an end? Is it ever going to end, or is this just going to go on forever now? I, I think the next step, and I just this, this is what keeps me up at night, um, is for NATO to try to enforce a no-fly zone over Ukraine. I think that's, yeah. I think it's coming. The U.S. is saying, if you guys want to do it, go. Uh, you know, there was, a, there was talk about uh, Poland giving, if Poland has some older uh, MiG aircraft that they used to use before they modernized their Air Force in the early 2000s, and there's some talk about them giving those uh, MiGs to the Ukrainian Air Force who are trained to fly them. I mean, you just can't give somebody the keys to an F-16 and say the right. manuals on the glove box, <laughs> figure it out. Uh, but th- this is what I'm worried about, and this is, I, I, I don't know, I... There are times that I think it would be cool to be the president because I've got pretty good vision about what I think should happen. In this particular case, I got no clue. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, it's. I think it's pretty clear Putin made a mistake, or not a mistake, or his problem was he didn't take out the government right away, and he's created a, a, an opposition, and then he's got his own opposition at home, and so that's led to all sorts of issues there. And I mean, we even got uh, who was it? Uh, was it Graham that tweeted that they should kill Putin, which is yeah, an interesting an tweet by a United States senator. Yeah, throughout there. Moron. Um, well, it's it's. I don't know. I I think there's certain things you should think about before yeah, calling you calling for assassination a is a pretty <laughs> severe thing oh, yeah. for a senator to yeah. say. Yes. Yeah. Well, because then you get into the whole, you know, your four assassinations overall. Is there certain ones you're okay with and not yeah. others? And I don't know. I, it, but it's become a much bigger problem than he thought it was going to be. And then, like that uh, uh, expert you had on last week, that was a really interesting discussion about how spread out the Russian army is. And right. how he's got a bunch right. of good people in Syria for them. And so that makes it tough. Um, but... Doug's right. If we get into the no-fly zone and then we have to actually shoot down a plane, who knows what's going to oh, happen there? And then oh. at the same time, what's China going to do through all this? You know, yeah. um, yep. you, you I, always got to watch out what they may do while this is going on. I think you know China. They do a lot of stuff that I don't like, but they're also not stupid, and they have a huge. You know, they'd be the largest economy in the world soon, right? Mm-hmm. Russia is a big gas station. That's all they've got. So it's really not the same. I think the Chinese are smart enough to realize that ending the world would not serve their interests. Yeah. Well, you hope. I um, hope. You know, so 
Uh, do you think? Do you guys think that Poland will ever pay us the money they owe us? I, Poland? I, didn't I mean, know they don't have us money. money. I, are, there's a number of countries that owe us a lot of money. That's aren't true. There? Um, and then there's, but at the same time, don't we owe China a whole bunch of money, or isn't there? Yeah, oh yeah. It, I mean, like so, ten trillion so dollars. Playing t- tax collector, yeah. you got to watch out who's showing up and <laughs> decided they want their share at the same time. But, I mean, so. the problem is that Poland owes us money because we let Bilski live here. <laughs> oh. That's the big difference. Mm-hmm. So it's where's, where's our cash? Tax. <laughs> it's yeah. a pain and suffering tax, exactly. Yeah, I don't know this whole situation. That no-fly thing does does scare me. You, start, you, shoot, you shoot that first plane down, that's going to change a lot of things, is it not? I think oh, they yeah. would be – I don't think it's likely that they're going to start shooting down civilian – you know, commercial no, they wouldn't liners. shoot down yeah. civilian planes. They'd shoot down Russian MiGs. Right. And then go yep. after the convoys and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you know anything yeah, there's about... There's no civilian aircraft flying over Ukraine right no. now. No. Do you know anything about the the uh, crew the, the ship that had the crew on it from Russia that turned around last week that was heading here? Do you I know don't. anything about that? I okay. do not. I'd heard about it, but I don't know anything or much about it or... What the story is with it? Because well, your whole discussion about the crude oil and you know what what the requirements are yeah. make it for a very interesting thing. Plus, are there really a whole bunch of leases that aren't being used by oil companies in the United States that are available? <coughs> yep. That's Why true. aren't they using them? Yep. Well, you got to remember that we don't have a nationally uh, owned oil company. It's right. all private companies, and like all, well, they're publicly held. What's their number one job? Make money, return, yeah. you know, uh, profit to the, the the stockholders. So, right, you know, they're they're doing really really well right now because oil is what one hundred and ten dollars mm-hmm. a barrel. When it went negative uh, two years ago, they didn't do so well. They closed everything down. So, yeah. Now I do know that Shell bought a bunch of oil from Russia, but I don't know if that ship was part of it. I have mm-hmm. no idea. The Shell oil company bought a lot of oil from from Russia, which is interesting. An oil company buying Oil from another country. Yeah. Isn't that your job to come up with the oil? Shell oil? Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, if you can buy something and resell it and make yeah, money. Yeah, true. Then I they're going to do that. I mean, that's the process. But I just, with all these open leases they could use, you know, it's like, well, who's... Yeah. Part of the problem that we have in the U.S., really, it's not so much capacity because when... They figured out, you know, how to get it out of the oil sands and shale oil. That's when uh, U.S. oil production just went way up and we became a global player. The problem for production in this country really is the refineries, not so much oil production. They're running flat out, and apparently it takes like 10 years to build a refinery. There's a lot of EPA tape. Can't we make it like a quickie store? Yeah, really fast one. The other thing is there aren't a lot of communities sticking their hand in the air going, hey, put a huge oil refinery right here. Yeah, that's true. You know, we can produce it, but can we turn it into to, to gasoline? And that's that's the, the other. It's a complicated problem. And then there's something called the Jones Act, which uh, restricts the size of ships that are allowed to transport oil. And that's been on the books for 100 years. Hmm. But shouldn't we have seen these problems coming before we shut down all those leases and pipelines and opened a pipeline from Russia to Germany? Why, how did we not see this coming? What did we think they were going to I think to everyone do? saw it coming. It just certain people yeah. don't really care. 
I just don't I, care. I didn't mm-hmm. see him invading Ukraine. I, I thought, you know, who'd be... Well, I mean, that in particular, no. had peace but, in Europe for 75 years. Why? What's the point of this? And but the, it's just, but well, the, have we, though? I mean, the Balkan states have been feuding. Yeah. Well, just no one hears about them because they're small and they keep to themselves. Right. I but mean, how right. many countries in the Balkan states either did not exist or did exist but don't anymore 75 years ago? Mm-hmm. Yugoslavia is gone. Czechoslovakia is gone. And those are just the two I can think of because they sound the funniest. But <laughs> oh, your mother's Czechoslovakian. But the, but the oil uh, issues Bohemia. goes back further oh, than this invasion. I mean, the invasion's making it more making it more uh, prominent at the moment. But I mean, they had England. There, there were people a couple couple earlier in the year or late. I, I think it was earlier in the year that didn't know if they'd get home from work because they weren't able to transport the petrol to where they were getting it. Oh, um, yeah. So they'd go to work not knowing if they'd have enough gas to get back, you know? Is that a, so, was that an EU-driven issue or a Brexit thing? or I that I don't know, but I, there's just all sorts of complications that's come up that have been going on for some time, and I'm, I, some of this stuff doesn't, doesn't make sense. But you're right. They're not owned by the government, so the government can't just tell them what to do. Right. They'll so. sell it on the world market. Wherever right. they can get the most money for it, that's where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. We will take a break and come back with part two of our two right after this. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. I met the folks from Shift Real Estate last year on our way to Key West and loved their story. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees because they list for a flat fee of $5,000, and that includes photos, MLS listing, online marketing, and the assistance of a full-time realtor. Tell Shift about your home, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more. Shift Real Estate, the common-sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com because life is expensive enough. And we are back with Stretch's picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SaberHeating.com. Ladies and gentlemen, remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener's special square, check out this flash sale on the Giza Dream Sheets. It won't be around for long. There are also deep discounts on all other MyPillow products, too. Enter promo code TOM, T-O-M, or call 800-516-5146 for these great radio specials. Little Roy Orbison coming back. Now we're talking, man. This might not be Roy Orbison. No, it sounds too snazzy. So. No. Yep. It sounded too modern for his guitar work. Is that that <laughs> guy that you got the music for? Yep. No, I think that's... Uh... Yeah. That's uh, Rick Lindy. Wait, Rick? Oh, you I mean Rick Sterling? No. 
I don't know who Rick Lindy is. He, uh, we got some music from a friend of Dave Schrader's. Oh, oh okay. okay. Yes. Over the weekend, Elon Musk decided to air his thoughts on nuclear-powered uh, energy amid concerns of a gas shortage due to Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and the backlash on those thoughts led him to issue a most unusual challenge. Hopefully, it is now extremely obvious that Europe should restart dormant nuclear power stations and increase power output of existing ones, he first wrote on Sunday per Benzinga. Benzinga? This is critical to the nation and national international security. He added that nuclear is vastly better for global warming than burning hydrocarbons for energy. Criticism soon following the tweets, with the original one shared more than 37,000 times by early Monday afternoon, until one is mismanaged again and leaks everywhere. Jim Osmond, founder of the Edge Consulting Group, responded to Musk's tweets per insider. That's the risk of more. A few minutes later, Musk put forth his challenge. For those who mistakenly think this is a radiation risk, pick what you think is the worst location. I will travel there and eat locally grown food on TV. <laughs> I love Elon Musk. He's just one of those guys. Isn't he? Well, a lot of people really don't understand they don't how get radiation it. works. Yep. Like when they think radiation sickness, they think it's like you've got radioactivity in you like a virus that you have to purge, but that's really not at all how it works. It's little tiny holes, basically, that radiation has made in your body. The radiation's long gone, but the holes are still there and they have to heal, and that's what radiation sickness is. But people see it as like this green glowing cloud that you know hangs around you and gives you radiation poisoning. And it's the same with, uh, well, like he said, the locally grown food, I mean, it's pretty uncommon for stuff like that to be affected for very long unless there's, like, fallout dust hanging around in the soil, which could be absorbed by the plants. But transient radiation like this, you know, once you turn it off, the radiation's long gone. It's light. So, you know, it's like turn off a light bulb, the light's gone. So radiation works the same way. Isn't that amazing that people have their own ideas about all these things like, oh, say... Radiation and electricity. Yeah, <laughs> I, would, I would say some of that probably comes from comic books. Uh, probably true. Yeah. You know, yeah. you get yep. these stories and you yeah, see it. Absolutely, that's the way it comes out. But I, th- I, I think there's a definite difference between leaked radiation versus just uh, what you get from a regular power. Right. Plant. It depends on how yeah. it's leaked. I mean, are we talking about just radiation escaping from the core and you know into the environment? Because that, like I said, you turn the core off, that's gone. You patch the leak, that's gone. It's not going to have any long-term effects except for you know if people get hit by the radiation and get sick that kind of thing but the land itself will be fine but if you're close to it when it leaks you can i think you can get vaporized can't you uh you can't get vapor i mean theoretically you could vaporize but that would require a lot of radiation if you're real close like when chernobyl went up there were people who actually i think that's what happened to some of them well they just got that exploded it gets so incredibly hot that's why they call it a meltdown. The core literally melts into a puddle of radio radioactive material. Tom, and when did Musk say this? This weekend, oh, I think. Yes, yeah. So yesterday. it was. Oh, as after the Russians attacked the Ukrainian nuclear power station. Yes, because yeah. <laughs> that's yep. the that's one of the uh, the new fears. It's like, oh, so now it's okay to go after those too. Well, well actually, I don't think according they... to but. the. Uh, I don't know if it was the Geneva Convention or one of those, you know, war crime convention things. If a power plant is supplying power to a military installation, then that power plant is fair game. 
So it doesn't matter if it's nuclear, coal, whatever. If it's supplying a military installation, then invaders can attack it and it's okay. So it depends on what it was supplying. If it was supplying just civilians, then yes, it's a war crime. But if it was supplying even one military installation, then you know you can't really fault them for it. Well, they're trying to win. You know? That's true. It's yeah. war. But, but there are concerns for the whole world that, that, that exists. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, well, but I think a lot of people think, like... So we talked a couple weeks ago about Chernobyl. You know, a shell hits Chernobyl just right and it releases a nu- nuclear cloud into the world. And that is true, but that's very unique to how Chernobyl is because of the fact that there's basically just a giant radioactive hole in the Earth still. Where, when it comes to modern operating nuclear reactors, it's virtually impossible for that kind of thing to happen. Even if they dropped a bomb mm-hmm. right on the core, what would most likely happen is the core would just be destroyed, and that's about it. Was really? It, wasn't yeah. that, the, that the concern, though, was that they're bombing near the radioactive areas of Chernobyl? Well, yeah, Chernobyl's yeah. covered by a huge shield. Right. It would be very, very difficult for that. They'd have to make it happen on purpose, basically. Yeah. Well, I, I think that was the concern, that yeah. they were doing that. That's Well, they'd be know. stupid, too, because that would release radio or radioactive fallout into Russia more than any other country, probably. What I can well, my understanding oh, was that they don't want to destroy it they wanted they went they took it over well no there's no reason to destroy something like that because it's an extremely valuable asset they would never want to just blow it up what's the value of it i i would assume probably billions of dollars and also the uh amount of energy it gives you know they could just hook it right up to russia hook it right up to their own infrastructure and all of a sudden you got however many thousands of megawatts there you go I'm going to read you guys a story because I think the world is coming apart at the seams. (laughs) Sometimes it seems like that. After her appearance Sunday at the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma, Alabama, to mark the 57th anniversary of Bloody Sunday, Vice President Kamala Harris flew back to the D.C. area, arriving at Joint uh, Base Andrews uh, in Maryland close to 9 p.m. That's when per base officials, two intruders tried to gain access to the military, military facility leading to one person's arrest and another fleeing the premises, reports CNN. Per a pool report, Harris arrived at the airfield on Air Force Two at around 8.47 p.m., had boarded the Marine Two helicopter with her husband, second gentleman, second gentleman, really? Yeah. Well, that's what they First tried. First lady and second gentleman. Yeah, they tried to come up with that name somehow. Yeah, Doug M. Hoff is his name. Less than five minutes later, leaving the base by 9 p.m. What has happened to us Here's a couple of young guys, maybe even as young as teenagers, thinking they're going to just all of a sudden take over an airport where, and it happens to be Joint Base Air, and, and you know Andrews in Maryland. You're taking over a landing area that the United States Vice President just landed. What is what? First of all, the guy's 17 years old. What the hell are you thinking? Maybe their meth head's looking for copper. <laughs> think they're looking for copper. Catalytic converters yeah. off the helicopter. Yeah. So they were knows? armed. They were in possession of firearms. Base officials said the person who was apprehended is a 17-year-old male in possession of a firearm. It's not clear what the intruder's motive was for the breach. During the lockdown, law enforcement searched both the grounds and vehicles on the premises, including one that held reporters with Harrison Emhoff on the flight back from Alabama, uh, where Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, Education Secretary Miguel Cardona, HUD Secretary Marsha Fudge, 
God, Secretary Fudge. Who wouldn't want that? <laughs> Sounds delicious. You know I mean? Sounds delicious. Well, I mean, I EPA told you, minister. I don't know if you were present for this conversation, but I know Mom was. I was talking about all the uh, people on the Internet who want to go volunteer in Ukraine. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah I mean, the, they're being blasted with so much propaganda about this war that they are right. literally, like, they feel this calling to go fly out of, you know, Omaha or wherever the hell they're from over to Ukraine where they don't speak any so anything except English, mm-hmm. whereas everyone in Ukraine, I assume, probably speaks, you know, Ukrainian or maybe Russian. Um, they don't have any combat experience, but they still want to do it because they're being told that, like, this is, you know, this is World War, this is the Nazis, this is the oh, communists, yeah. this is right. Pol Pot we're fighting right now, this is the ultimate evil that's going to destroy the world, and, you know, whether you believe that's true or not, I don't think that the right solution is to take a bunch of people who are asking the internet if it's okay if they take their statins on the battlefield because otherwise they'll, you know, die of a heart attack mid-combat. It's like, yeah, you're not going to be a whole lot of use to the Ukrainians if you can barely even go up a flight of stairs, but they're like, oh, no, i got to fly over there. i got to volunteer. It's just insane. And I think these people might have had that same, you know, that fervor that's been going around is they're like, oh, we got to fight the russians however we can we gotta do whatever we can even if it I'm makes not no sure sense if you should take keyboard warrior seriously yeah oh, there's true. people taking pictures of themselves that just landed in poland we're heading out really? to ukraine right now i got mm-hmm. my uh yeah i've got my shiny new gun that has never been used clearly wow yeah okay i know it's what insane well, I know the stock market took a huge dip today. Did it again? Yeah, because of oil prices went sky high. God, it's going to be tough for me to keep finding advertisers if you don't. And there's talk of interest rates going up by 25 something. What did it say? What? 25 points. That'd be a quarter 25. of a percent. Yeah. yeah I'm assuming by the end yeah. of March. Yeah, 25% yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 25, not yeah. That would change the world. Yeah, that would, that would change the world. Destroy yes. our economy. Well, it's in a still night. not good. No, no. Nah. No, but so. still. All, All right, we only got. We only got 10 minutes left, so I got to throw a little humor in here, and then you guys can get back at it. Some smartass. Did you see what he did in Austin, Texas? Went to a movie in Austin, Texas. Uh, they got to see more than one uh, thing. He went to see The Batman okay. this weekend, which is a three hour movie. And during the movie, he released a real bat in the theater. Oh, for God's sake. What a smart ass. There is no real end credit on that movie. There is none. So sitting around to wait for the end credit, to watch whatever's there, it's not worth it at all. There is not to, to even say you shouldn't stay because it's not worth to watch the, the the last thing. There's nothing to really see. It's just uh, really yeah, it's ridiculous. So I think it's pretty funny though. Some young guy releases a bat at the Batman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, just didn't poop on anybody or something. Sure, I suppose. people freak out. The bat in his pants. That's a good. Question. I don't like know. He probably a backpack. Oh, maybe a backpack. Uh, you uh, could be right. Hmm. Yeah, the movie house and eatery by Sinopolis uh, said the bat an was eatery? likely released into. Yeah, the, oh, it's yeah. a he restaurant could, and he a movie. He could be house. in real trouble if yeah. it's also a restaurant. It is also yeah. a restaurant. Yep. 
Great days. Well, it says here the theater's general manager, Heidi Denno, said they'll be adding additional security and checking all bags upon guest entry. There were no reports of anyone being bitten during the incident. Less than 1% of bats in the wild have rabies. So, that yeah, they, uh, they're they going to add additional security because the kid did so, sneak it into the theater and released it. Let me get this straight. There was a mass shooting a few years ago in Colorado in a movie theater, right? right. Aurora, yeah. Yep. So these guys are going to start checking backpacks because some kids snuggle now. Yeah. than bats. What bats? Perfect. Just checking the bags for bats. Checking the thinking here. That's a good point. Yeah. No How human. We don't care about the humans. Inside. Huh? Isn't it outside the mass shooting? Didn't suddenly no, show up? No, I and think the, the Colorado one was in the theater Was itself. inside? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that what was, was a movie again. The guy was it was really crazy. That yeah. remember? Yeah. Well, yeah. He was, he well, was, mass shootings generally are. Well, not, not <laughs> always, but I mean, he was like sn- yeah. disassociated with reality. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like radio people. Same <laughs> story. Same situation right there. But I'm sorry. I you know I think it, when I was 16, 17 years old, I probably wouldn't have released a bat, but. I would have thought it was a lot funnier than I do now. Let me put it that I've way. done dumber stuff than that. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, I well, mean, if it's objectively a relatively harmless prank, but, you know. Yeah, There's I people with phobias so. out there, like you said. There's food. You know, the bat gets into the kitchen, and all of a sudden they have to basically burn right. the entire kitchen down to sterilize it, and they could, you know, they could lose their business. I suppose that's probably true. Movie I don't, theaters I don't, don't really need any negatives right now. No, they <laughs> no, no, they don't. They You're right don't. about that. No. Now, did you go to a movie theater to see Batman? I did. That's the only place it is, right? It's, is it streaming yet? No, I don't think it is. I don't think it is either. So, did you go to our our spot? Nope. I went to um, I went to uh, Monticello. So Monticello mm-hmm. just worked. What, are you pretending it. to work? Yeah, it worked into the into the schedule. So the travel schedule, then, I suppose. But then, when you take three hours to do it, you're not pretending to work. You're uh, you're taking three hours to give your life away. So, it is three hours long. It is three it? hours long. Yep. 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 They don't do like a half hour of previews beforehand, do they? They did five oh, or four God. previews, which I when you have oh. a movie that long, it just drives me crazy. That it's they do any long. previews, you know, just let's get to the movie, let's get it rolling. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that, that's one of the reasons I don't go see long movies anymore, is because I just can't take, I'm not going to be sitting in a theater for three and a half hours. Did that's you at not some point used to go to long movies? Uh, yeah, yeah, when they, right in the middle, they go, <laughs> go life. on. Have you come go to on long? out to the lobby. <laughs> go oh, on well, out to the lobby. Yeah. They Andy's, had intermissions back then. And the idea to go back to it. Three hours. Yeah, uh-huh. Godfather's pretty pretty long. That's yeah. three hours, but it's interesting. Much more. It's much more interesting than the Batman. It's Batman's interesting, um, and it holds up pretty well. Like there isn't a lot of stuff I'd say I'd cut that out. Um, so it's yeah. not like sometimes when you sit through a three-hour movie and think this thing could have been two hours very easily. Um, but um, it's. Uh, <laughs> I wish I hadn't heard all the good things about it before I saw yeah. it because I yeah, think I, I went into it with higher expectations than than I thought. I've heard um, it wasn't really fantastic. I wouldn't. I, I like Bale better. I think mm-hmm. I think Heath Ledger's the greatest villain they've ever had. So I think it's really hard to beat that movie. Yeah. But I would put it up there. It's a good movie. I I'm not. There's there's some flaws in it that I I can't completely get over uh, as far as some of the things that happen in it, but they do a really good job of capturing, capturing the dark night, the the real uh, yeah. dark side and the real kind of like, you know, 
all life sucks part of, of yeah. a movie. All you know? life well, that sucks. is one thing. It's like uh, people watch superheroes so they can be like, oh, what if I had superpowers? You know, mm-hmm. what if I lived in this world? Wouldn't that be super cool? It's basically like the same thing as Harry Potter. You know, and everyone yeah. who reads or yeah. watches Harry Potter, guaranteed, they're going to be thinking, what if I lived in Hogwarts? And superhero <laughs> movies are a lot like that. But then so when you come out with a superhero movie where the entire world sucks, everyone sucks, and even the main character is like, oh, I hate my life, I wish I was dead. It's like, it kind of feels like, why are you doing this? It's like Hobbes wrote the movie. It's yeah. very, very Hobbesian. Yeah, you know? for real. It's yeah. very dark, very philosophical. And it makes sense. It's okay to do that. But you have to have some aspects of the movie where it's like, oh, cool new gadgets, cool new everything. Mm-hmm. Or you can't just like expect the audience to sit there for three hours and pontificate on the futility of fighting man's criminal nature or whatever the hell. The, the other thing is... He- it's kind of weird who they call the bad guys in those movies because they're killing bad guys. Well, that's the other thing. <laughs> so is, yeah, like, everyone know. is a bad guy. Even it's, the Batman's a bad guy. It, you know, I went in there thinking about Lindsey Graham's tweet, just saying, yeah. "How is yeah. this that much different?" You yeah, know, that we're exactly. Well, he's the bad guy. And, yeah. You know, it's, well, it's another. It's no. yeah, it's another aspect of that. Let's get all philosophical. Whereas you know, like the Avengers, the best-selling movie of all time. Zero philosophy in that movie. Uh, well, the Thanos snap, I guess. You uh, know, people are like, is it okay to, you know, if the world's really overpopulated, that kind of thing. But, I mean, in, it doesn't really occupy most of the movie. Most of the movie is just uh, cool CGI and flying around and punching stuff. There's stories in it, though. There's, oh, I mean, there is. you know, Potter and and uh, and um, Iron Man. And then you got the whole when Scarlet Witch decides to give, or not Scarlet Witch, when Black Widow decides to give up her life. I mean, there's all sorts of emotional yeah. issues there, you know? But you it's still, have to have a big but background still in it. it's fun. <laughs> Whereas the Batman movie is not fun. No, I would agree. That's yeah. that's a good point. Have you seen it? I have not, but I have read basically everything there is to read about it. Yeah. I, I wish I hadn't read anything about it before I saw it. Well, I this is after it, it came out. But, yeah. I mean, you know, going to three-hour-long movies with with an infant is just not in the cards. So mm-hmm. if I'm going to see this movie, I'm going to see it in ten years. And I won't... By then, I'd already forgotten uh, what I'd read. There'll be like Here's. four or five Batmans. Well, exactly. I think your mom's trying to talk. Did you guys yeah, drop? Ten, ten years. You don't have to wait ten years to go see a movie. Probably not ten years. Well, probably I mean, not. Well, yeah, if we get a babysitter or whatever, but I don't know. I, I also don't really care that much. I've barely yeah. seen any of the superhero movies that have come out in the past five, six, seven years. I've seen a few of them, but I'm not really that uh, occupied with it. I am inspired by this whole last five minutes where a young man released a bat in the movie The Batman. He released a live bat in the theater. And then Catherine brought up, you know, actually, Michael Bryant brought up, do you like three-hour movies? No, I do not. And then Catherine brought up, well, you love The Godfather. So I've been inspired when Michelle Mann opens the Edina Theater, reopens it. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a showing of The Godfather there. I already talked to her about it, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. During that viewing of The Godfather at the Edina Theater... I'm going to release a member of the mafia. <laughs> I'm inspired. It's going to be the greatest. All of a sudden, you got like Steve Sharippa come walking out. Come walking out. Get a mafia guy the in The alleged there. mafia. Yeah, the alleged mafia. I forgot. It's not real. This is the alleged mafia. So, you know. 
That is that. We got a lot of topics covered today. It was a Doug. Thank you for coming in or staying in, I should say, because you're coming in to give Andy his key. But it's a very uh, ironic statement because he's not here right now. Yeah, he just left. Oh, did he leave? He had, he had enough. He had to go in. He was upset well, at Alex. Something Alex said, and he yeah. was like, yeah. "Way to go, here. Alex! <laughs> Typical, I'm leaving." We were bad mouthing colleges, and he just couldn't take it anymore. Familiar <laughs> <laughs> ties. I've had it. All right. Well, that's going to do it anyway. Michael, thanks for coming in for the second hour. Yep, Pretty sorry, sure, or it's part of the first hour. Now you got a got a job. I, I heard. Apologizing to the to the listeners. Oh no! Well, pardon me. Then I'm sure they're missing my insight. <laughs> Andy, Andy, turn his mic off right now before it's too late. All right, we'll talk to you later with the family. Bye.